Welcome to Unethical Podcast. question oh boy <laughs> serious question before we start serious question <laughs> sounds like it is this about the pig again i don't think we have it enough <laughs> to explain it again <laughs> <laughs> no but when i was explaining that to my brother he goes it would work you just got to pick who you're okay to get rid of and i'm like oh my god see no but no he's equally as dumb as you now because doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because no one finds a body. This is the whole problem. You need to find a body. No, we're not getting stuck on this again. We're not getting stuck <laughs> on this again. I have a very important question to ask and I need your help. Yesterday, okay. Lara told me that I'm a daddy with a fanny. <laughs> Puss dad. All right. And I don't know how or if I can even rebut that. Because she's kind of right. Why would you want to? Yeah, I was like, she goes, Christy goes, um, not Christy, Lara goes, uh, mummy's a girl and Erin's a girl and Arma's a sister. Don't know why she is a sister and not a girl, but that's fine. And Ruby's a girl and Jesse's a boy and Gaby's a boy and mummy's a boy. And I'm like, boy, I'm a fanny. And she goes, yeah, you're a daddy with a fanny. And I'm like, huh. Hard daddy vibes, honestly. I stand. Here's here's my question to to here's my two cents. My two cents is this: Are you offended by that? <laughs> I think no. Okay, then you're a daddy with a fanny. Perfect. I just think it's very very profound of her, and <laughs> <laughs> she's kind of set me into an existential circle. <laughs> How old is she again? Three. <laughs> Three-year-old just sent you into like a midlife crisis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From a vibes point of view, she's kind of right. I agree. Daddy vibes. I have them too. I do too. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've just got a dick and have had children. Yeah, you're a mummy with a dick for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute milf. Oh. I'll I'll take MILF, man. That's kind of cool. I've seen a lot of good documentaries about MILFs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't think their documentary. I don't think the BBC was involved. Oh, BBC was involved. Oh. Yeah, yeah. BB, there was a couple of BBC actually. <laughs> if you said that, I love it that you walked right into that. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I get it now. Australia's cool with me now because she set that joke up. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Sorry, he with a fanny. <laughs> it's daddy with a fanny. Daddy with a fanny. Get my pronouns right. <laughs> sorry, daddy. Sorry, daddy. Yes, sorry. <laughs> Wait, a D W A F dwarf. <laughs> we did uh, squeeze an R in there, so we can just call you a dwarf. 
I'm not a dwarf. And they're little people. Thank you very much. <laughs> Why are you more offended about being a dwarf than you are about being a daddy? That's weird. <laughs> what did dwarves ever do to you? Well, that's actually a really dark story. the lights off and really get serious um if we want to talk about that sort of past trauma um i think it would be a short story (laughs) (laughs) it's fantastic uh female dwarves according to jared tolkien have like beards so you could have a beard if you wanted to be a femme dwarf celeste is a dwarf well i actually am (laughs) pretty short so anyway (laughs) how how tall are you five three Ah, you are a dwarf (laughs) oh cute (laughs) she's gonna we're gonna meet for the first time she's gonna pat me on the head I'm a six inch taller than you. I'm a I'm a subway six inch taller than you. That's above average. Thank God. What subway six inch or just six inches in general? Oh yeah. See, sorry, I'm really gay. That went over my head. I apologize. Well, height wise as well, because the average height for women is five six. I am five six. You're really shit at math. You're three inches taller than me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) My bad. I am five feet. That is average. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was Christy that I was thinking of for some reason. Because in my head, I was like 5'11". And Christy's just over 5'11". She's almost six foot. That's also not six inches taller than me. Yeah, I know. No, 5'10". Also not six inches taller than me. You're doing great. (laughs) I'm just wondering if I should go rip a bong before we get into it. Y'all are a bunch of degenerates. <laughs> That's what you want to do. I support it. I am clear-eyed. Is it legal in Australia, though? Ab- absolutely not. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mammoth Cave is a world-renowned geological site for being the longest cave system in the world. Well, there were 420 miles of mapped cave, and they're still mapping more of this cave today they're still exploring new portions of the cave nerd i know and i'm gonna tell you more about it (laughs) (laughs) way to get your rocks off dingus let's go (laughs) (laughs) by the groundwater system eroding the limestone so like and it was all connected to the green river so as your groundwater moved through the limestone to get to the green river and as the Green River went down through the limestone, it created levels in the cave. That is a fun fact. <laughs> fun, 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 fact, fact, fact. You gotta get a sound effect for that. Fun, 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 fun. fun. Yeah. <laughs> and what protects that from falling in is there's a sandstone cap on top of Mammoth Cave. So it's protected from collapse for the most part. Like a butt plug? And on surrounding areas in Kentucky, um, you can see where they collapse. That was a legitimate question, but okay. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I said like a butt plug? Like a butt plug. <laughs> well, what kind of cap are we talking here? It like like a like a stone cap. I don't like a mushroom? Yeah. 
kind of. I love how confused Dingus is by your question. <laughs> <laughs> it's a la- it's another layer of rock on top of the other layer of rock. But a cap is like a finite thing. So yeah. is it just like in the whole you know what? Never mind. I'm not going to understand this at all. Join me, Celeste. This is the pig. <laughs> so, no, no, no. In the surrounding area, you can tell where the cap ends because you'll see sinkholes. So that's your evidence of where this cap stops. <laughs> oh, because it's in a karst environment, which is all just limestone caves and sinkholes and natural springs. Like it's known for that sort of thing in that area of Kentucky. And it even goes down into like Tennessee has a karst environment and portions of it. Um, it's it's really cool. Can you spell what you're saying? Sorry. Oh, karst? Karst? K-A-R-S-T. Karst. Thank you. As you were, Richard. Now, was it good luck that, uh, that they named it the Mammoth Cave? Like when they first got there, they couldn't have known it was the biggest cave or was it called like a cave? And they went, you know what? This is pretty big. Let's call it the Mammoth one. So, I mean, I think a lot of it had to do with tourism. Even very early on, they wanted tourism. They wanted people to come and spend their money to go see this. So I think that they really tried to talk it up and then it ended up probably just being a coincidence. I Fair enough. That's so Australian because we we have a bridge in Perth that's shaped like a horseshoe. Is it called Horseshoe Bridge? Yeah, it's called Horseshoe Bridge. It was not supposed to be called Horseshoe Bridge, but um, the like builders went over time and missed the naming ceremony, so it just stayed as the working name being Horseshoe Bridge. And then they made a town on the other side of the bridge, and that town, they were like, what do we want to call this tower, town? And they said, well, it's north of the bridge, so let's call it. Northbridge, and that's why Australians can't name things. <laughs> I love. That. I mean, Mammoth Cave made me think of that. It's like it sounds like something we would do, or like it's the equivalent of not saying "bloody big cave." Like, mm-hmm. would this be a good opportunity to point out that you named your your gay baby Gaby? That. <laughs> <laughs> Celeste, the first time we realized that, (laughs) that was fantastic. The first time we realized that, I was standing with Christy and I was like, why, how is it? Because normally we were thinking Gabriel Gabe. Like we didn't, Gabe was what we thought his nickname was going to be. Maybe real, but it doesn't make any sense. So they, so when someone's, yeah, someone started calling him Gaby or we started calling him Gaby and I was like, we can't call him Gaby. He's our gay baby. Or our baby of gays. Oh, like, oh, there's a lot you can play with here. <laughs> yeah. But well done. Sorry, Dingus. I have derailed you too much. You're fine. I don't have any more uh, geology lesson for you. Uh, that's it. But I am here to tell you about Floyd Collins. But I have a little history lesson before I tell you about Floyd Collins. So... Native Americans were first to discover and use Mammoth Cave, and it is believed that they gathered gypsum in the cave. And the first discoveries of evidence of this came in 1812, when African-American slaves were mining saltpeter from the cave. Yes. Isn't gypsum a plant? No, it is a mineral. 
Wait, what was the last right? what was the last thing you said? Uh that the first discoveries of Native Americans being in the cave were from African American slaves mining saltpeter. What's saltpeter? I have that. It is a staple ingredient in gunpowder because of its content in calcium nitrate. Oh, they mine it and then they use it to shoot them. That's rude. For the use of the war in 1812, as a matter of fact. So. What happened in that war? I didn't go that far and do a history lesson. Yeah, we're getting deep in (laughs) there. Don't you learn about the War of 1812 in school? We do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But if you think so I you remember just that don't know. right the fuck now, you're wrong. <laughs> I do not. I, no, Celeste, are you full of shit? No, we totally learn about the War of 1812. What is it? I, and it is called the War of 1812. No way! And it actually did not happen in 1812. No, look, she's educated on that. Nice. Do you want to tell us more about the War of 1812? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to be the nerd. I'm not the nerd. I, I want to be the cool one that doesn't know shit about shit. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, they found mummified remains of a woman in the cave. Uh, remember these African-American slaves that were mining saltpeter. They found this mummified woman. And the female body was paraded from Mammoth Cave, Kentucky to Ohio, where the American Antiquarian Society would travel around with the corpse, even taking it to the World's Fair of 1876 and 1893, and marketing it as the Mammoth Cave Mummy, before eventually going to the Smithsonian National Institute, where the body is today. What's her name? They they just called her the Mammoth Cave Mummy. That's rude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Teresa. There was also a male body discovered in 1935. And it was clear that this man had been mining materials from the cave when he became trapped by a boulder. And his remains were removed, studied, and then put on display in the cave for many years until the 1970s when he was transported to a secret location within the cave to lay unbothered by the public forever so that is in an undisclosed location within the cave okay we didn't establish that it went to tourism so i was like as what like a warning like do the miners need to know Mm. that there's the dead body there why would they display it that's weird yeah at that point like it had switched from being mining to tourism and so they had it on display important distinction yes yeah and in 1841 Dr. Croggins built two huts in Mammoth Cave on Audubon Avenue for tuberculosis patients. What? Yes. What? What? Yes. What? He built huts in the cave and the cave has avenues? Huh? So that's what they'll call like different sections of the caves and different like um, pathways. They'll call them avenues and we'll have different like room names and like there's one portion of mammoth cave that's called fat man squeeze because it's literally like these narrow walls (laughs) right and you have to like go sideways and like or no fat man's misery i'm sorry that's what they call it fat man's misery and uh fat man squeeze (laughs) hey whoa fuck there's this whole other world inside (laughs) yeah there there really is doctors yeah different paths are called different things this is fucking ants shit here does it have residents 
Like there are actual residents that have an ad, like a mailing address there. There is a hotel above the cave, but there's not like people living. There's not like cave people like living inside of the cave yet. There's not yeah. cave people yet. <laughs> when you say rooms, they're like, like is there one big enough that someone could like mold a couch and you could call that one the lounge room? Like, is there? There's like how the the main entrance into Mammoth Cave. When you go in, you will see the the main portion they call the rotunda. And this thing is massive. What'd you call me? Like, <laughs> I'm triggered again. <laughs> Why by rotunda? What, call again. She says it. <laughs> call me rotund, Ricky rotund. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. So like, so you know, when you walk into like a big hotel and there's that big lobby area that's like super open, that's what being the rotunda is like it's this huge open space of cave and then there's different avenues that go off of that different pathways that water took over time that carved out different ways in the cave and so there's a huge list of tours that you can take at mammoth cave that take you into different sections how long would it take you to get from the start to the finish like the longest one away they don't even know the finish, you said. There's other places they're still discovering. Yeah, yeah, there there really isn't a finish. <sighs> and, like, depending on what tour you take at Mammoth Cave will depend on what entrance you go to. And so some of these entrances from the main, like, park office uh, or the visitor center, you get bussed to <laughs> the entrance of the cave. So you got to, like, get on a bus, and then they bus you over the entrance of the cave, and then you, you go in the cave that way. There's, and then you so, pop out like back by the visitor center. There would mean <laughs> that there is still an infinite amount of pathways that have gone on in that system that haven't been done yet. And, and this process is still happening. Like you can see the river sticks within the cave, which is where the groundwater level is, where the river level is, and the Green River is still going. It's still eroding that away. Like all that groundwater system is still eroding that limestone. So it's still creating cave system. The river Styx would be like, isn't that like ancient Greece? The 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 river to hell. That's the river you have to pass over. Yeah, that's awesome. That's what they called it. Hell system. <laughs> yeah, they should call it like Hell Cave System. <laughs> Trust the river Styx. That'd be a much better tourist destination. You'd be like the seven circles of hell. I have a question. Yeah, is it dark in there? Do you have to wear like headlamps on all the tours or do they hang chandeliers and shit? Yes, it's chandeliers. Now there is lighting within the caves. That is a good one. That is a good one. You go into this desolate rock place that smells slightly of mold and then there's this glorious chandelier hanging from the roof. Okay, come on. You, there's there's not a chandelier in the rotunda? <laughs> okay, you're no. right. Yes, that's you're, true, that's true, not. that's true. Yeah. And actually there is no like mildew in, in these caves there's no light oh, sorry sorry you know? that's so the... there there is no organism like that you only have very specific qua- cave dwelling organisms i like that she's defending that i said there was mold in there she's like no no hang on no hang on that's factually incorrect <laughs> mold needs light there is no light in this <laughs> you got me fingers. so no chandeliers got it 
No, we're not going to put chandeliers where there's mold. Well, now there's, there's lighting that they've put in, but they're very careful. Like, each tour you go on, your tour guide will turn the lights off behind you. Like, they literally only have the lights on long enough for, like, tours to see the room, and then they turn off again. And it's to keep the integrity of the cave so that things don't start growing and there's not too much light in within the cave. And at certain points of your tour, they'll just turn the lights off and be like, this is what cave darkness is and it is dark you cannot hold your hand in front of your face and see a damn it started thing. to make me panic so we because we did the one down here and we went to um cave black down there and they turned off the lights and I was sitting there and because my eyes like because there's no not a pinprick of light to tell where the the horizon is so your eyes there's nothing to adjust to there's nothing there's to it. No so you're just adjusting back and forth so like I put my hand in front of my face expecting to try and get my hand my eyes to adjust but like it cannot pick up anything so I started to panic because my eyes were just going back and forth back and forth back and forth trying to find the horizon it was it, it was terrifying yeah, and there's nothing. It's just pitch black. It is a pitch blackness that you'll never experience anywhere else. No, it's amazing. So Dr. Croggan built these huts in the cave for tuberculosis, tuberculosis patients, believing that cave air would cure TB. These guys with their TB consumption was hilarious. Comedy. These guys would do everything. Move down south. Move down south. It'll stop the Move disease. somewhere dry. Roll, roll around in some hay. And dry is what you should do for tuberculosis. But he doesn't know any better at this point. So in 1842, he sends 10 patients down into the cave for tuberculosis treatment. And all of them would die by 1843, proving that cave air did not cure TB. They lived in the dark? No, well, at that point, they would have like lanterns and that sort of thing, like in the 1800s. Chandeliers and candelabras. They would have like oil lamps that they would take down them with them. I forgot about the tuberculosis chandeliers. My, my bad. <laughs> okay. Okay. So they all died. But caves are inherently like cool and wet. And that is the opposite of what you should do for tuberculosis. You but you be just in, said like, it's dry... too dry for mold. No, no, no. There's no light. There's no light for it mold is to wet, throw. But there is no light. Yeah. She gets real fighty about this mold thing. <laughs> But it's dark in the cave. There are no chandeliers. <laughs> there are no chandeliers. Land okay, so when the tuberculosis patients died, they gave them their own room and sent them down the river to have sticks. burial, right? <laughs> Across the river I think sticks. They probably just <laughs> took them out of the cave Fucking and sent them back dope. to their families. Like, here you go. Here's your dead loved one. Oh, that sucks. That dude's like haunting that one section of the cave all by himself. He must be so bored. Yeah, far out. I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> You're fine. So throughout the 1800s, writers, poets, songwriters would come to the cave and visit. Ralph Waldo Emerson visited the cave in the 1850s and was inspired to write Illusions and Night Sky. Politicians would also visit the cave, including the Grand Duke Alexis of Russia in 1872. And the Brazilian Emperor Dom Pedro visited in 1876. Dom? Dom. Monique. That implies the existence of a sub-Pedro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does. So throughout the years, the land would trade hands several times. This area is huge, like on the surface. this The area that Mammoth Cave takes up is ginormous. And there are a lot of different entries into the cave. And so a lot of people owned a lot of different ent entrances to those caves. 
throughout the 18 and 1900s. Oh, tell me there's cave wars. Yeah, could you could you imagine marketing that? Come and see my bejeweled cave entrance. And they were all in private property. And that was one of the biggest ways to make money was to advertise your cave entrance and to charge tourists to come look. Mine would have chandeliers. Because the soil is also really rocky in that area. So like farming isn't all that great. So they're banking on tourists to come look at their cave. And this would lead to Richard, the Kentucky Cave Wars. <laughs> I think he's fought from the inside and from the out. <laughs> yeah. Get in there, you go, you got to put doors on either side of your cave so you don't get people coming in the back door taking your jewels and your chandeliers for themselves. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Could you imagine you go past one of the caves and it's like walking past one of those, like, um, we call it danger field. And it's just like you hear from from the inside the entrance. <laughs> You're walking past your different entrances. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, that or like you'd be super happy. Like the further you go in, you find a dead body. Like this is going to make me so much money. Come on. It's yeah. like, a, like a fucking skeleton scraping at the wall trying to get out. It's like, yeah, he's in danger. This is the best one yet. The best dead body yet. I love cave wars. We're just making up what cave wars are so far, but this is whatever it is. Put, it sounds putting great. In, yeah, putting in the entry a, a water slide so that you have to wee through the stuff out of the cave. Get your photo taken as you're going down. You don't even need a, like a water slide. You just need like like a fucking like a like a piece like of a mine cart. <laughs> yeah. Or, or segways. You can have segway walls down the entrance of your, <laughs> of your cave. Now now you got me thinking about the guy who bought a cave thinking it was like a super good cave. I got ripped off of my cave. There's not even anything in this cave. And just like the guy who doesn't do well in the, the, the gold rush, you know, just that guy. Oh, the guy that bought the one with the leg in it? Yeah, like, oh, it's not even a full body. They said there was a body. No, but then he puts it in a smoker and he sells tickets. And a lot of times there wouldn't even be promise of a cave. Like they they would just be like, hey, uh, farmer, if I find a cave on your property, we'll split the profit. So it's like they don't even know if there is one or not. <laughs> the cave like, profits. We, we want to go explore your land, but we have to ask you for permission first. And then it turns into storage wars, but with cave ones. Like they've gone there and they're trying to, be, they're bidding on it. They're like, this one's shut down. But I heard, I heard from a friend of a friend, that is a deep entrance. We've got to get this one, boys. We've made an entire cave society by the time this is done. This is amazing. The mayor of, the mayor of the cave, like, tells you where you're allowed, how much taxes you got to pay in your cave. Uh, so the Kentucky cave wars were sparked by Mammoth Cave Estates making big bucks on tourism. And people were coming from all over the world to see Mammoth Cave. Um, Stephen Bishop, a former slave and one of the most famous tour guides of Mammoth Cave in its early years, famously crossed the bottomless pit, opening a new path for discovery. We call him Cave Tycoon? Is he a cave tycoon? Yeah. Ex-slave and cave tycoon? Yeah. He started at the bottom and made his way to the top. <laughs> I don't know if he's cave tycoon because I'm not sure how much money he ever made from, from his efforts. <laughs> so everyone at this point in the surrounding area is looking for a back entrance into Mammoth Cave. Aren't we all? Right? They're looking for another way. <laughs> and at the time, people didn't know if these other cave entrances that they would find would even be connected to Mammoth Cave. Like, they had no idea how vast 
that cave system was. And so in the beginning, you wanted your cave, your cave, the entrance to your cave to be as close to stagecoach lines as possible, because that was like the ultimate method of travel. What did I say, Bo? <laughs> you wanted to keep your open, the opening of your cave. <laughs> you got to keep your cave open to traffic, incoming and outgoing. It's you wanted it to be on the corner. Someone's up there shaving moss. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Cave openings. Yeah. <clears throat> and then Mammoth Cave had its own railroad. So then you needed it to be close to the railroad system because then that's how everyone was traveling. And by the early 20th century, the arrival of the automobile made it easier for tourists to get to caves and I have a- easier to get to the off the path ones. What's that? Is is there a landing strip near the cave? <laughs> I don't think there was, like, back in the early 1900s. I don't even okay. know if there is one now, but there probably is an airport somewhere nearby, hell. That's one thing I've noticed is, like, a bunch of unsuspecting little towns have, like, airports. Or, like, one one rich person has enough money to have a strip in their yard it's really weird Riches. i don't understand the south digger said only automobiles there's just a lot of cars going in and out <laughs> <laughs> we haven't gotten to la- landing strips yet we haven't gotten to plane. <laughs> you idiot yep all looking for that back door huh oh and you're gonna love this next part so this sparked even more developers to join in the cave force. And in 1915, George Morrison came to cave country and within six years, illegally gained access to Mammoth Cave. Oh, oh no. <laughs> uh, this gave him access oh, no. to know which locations to buy to make his own tourist attraction. <laughs> so he illegally found that back door. That's a crime where I come from. Not in the South. Not in the Bible Belt. That's not illegal. That's how you... Oh, shit. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, it is. That's sodomy. It's definitely illegal. Yeah. It's even... It's three times That's illegal. True. It's morally as well as, like, socially and, and financially and all... Legally. All of them, actually. All of the lees. You don't know if the cave is having a good time. No, there's no... I haven't heard I, anything about... It's said no illegally. It's said illegally. That's true. It said illegally, so that's where the if it just said found back doors, cool, let it let it happen, you know, that's fine. But it said illegally, so we have to be on the side of the caves here. But, okay. and that, that would be because he was trespassing, right? Like he wasn't asking farmers and people, like, hey, can I explore for a cave? Like he was just doing it. Like, can I just have a look for a back door? That is the best. He asked for consent. Like this, there's, there's not more you can. He asked. Do you no, know? he didn't. He was not asking. He did not. Wait. He was exploring the farmer's back doors without their consent. Right. <gasps> but other people were. Other people were asking for permission, but he did not. Oh, so he, okay. Yeah, cool. So he'd let multiple people in the back door before, but he didn't give this guy permission. Yep, yeah, fuck this guy. Yeah. I mean, he just he just had to ask. He just had to go, like, make a verbal contract with some farmer. He could have even been an asshole and, like, not even honored it, but he didn't even do that. He just was like, I'm going to trespass on your shit and not even talk to you. Uh, I love how we're turning this into like a giant euphemism and Dingus is like <laughs> keeping it on the tracks. Like, <laughs> I'm trying so like, hard. No, 
no, I'm like, oh, they, they're asking the farmers. We're like, fuck it in the ass. <laughs> fuck it in the ass. <laughs> That's butt rape. And she's like, no, it's, it's a kid. And like, they got to ask some people. Some people I don't think there's, I don't think there's an airport nearby. <laughs> Somebody has to keep it pure, you know? So somebody's gotta... For sure, the innocence of you is being super <laughs> cute right now. It's fun. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> this is absolutely unreal. And I can understand exactly how the cave wars have occurred. Like, I, I understand with this le- de- like depth of culture, you know, nuance in the... In the story, the like the feel of the aesthetic of it, I could get why people would fall into this. You've got us. So in his exploration of the cave from the back entrance, he could figure out where on the surface, what properties he needed to buy to have a new cave entrance. He he had done a lot of mapping of the surface and was able to figure out where he was underground in relation to. Anyway, he bought up a bunch of property along Cave City Road. <laughs> and blasted a new cave entrance, which he called New Entrance to Mammoth Cave. And this did not go well (laughs) with uh, Mammoth Cave Estate, who took Morrison to court over the name Mammoth Cave. Of course they did! He flew out another hole! (laughs) They fucking flew out another hole without asking. Like, if you asked and blew out a hole, that's an accident. Well, on (laughs) on that one, he bought the property. So he had the rights to blow the hole. (laughs) (laughs) That one was accident and that was awesome. We've been purposely doing it. You did it by accident. Good job. (laughs) And he even built a hotel for his tourists to stay at. But this, okay, the entrance hole that was blown in, right? Mm -hmm. That one is illegal or not illegal not illegal the way he found it was illegal oh okay 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 okay. the way he knew where to blast it was illegal and then he used the mammoth cave name which the original estate was like oh hell no you know you're not gonna mix this whole thing up to get our tourism yeah so he groomed he groomed the the place above so that he could use it, so he could purchase it, to then blow a hole in it later to get into Mammoth Cave. This guy's diabolical. (laughs) (laughs) I'm outraged. Well, the fighting didn't end in the courtroom. It happened on the streets. Cave owners would hire cave capers to dress as officials and tell people that rival caves were dangerous or closed. And then they would be guided to other cave entrances. Okay, I'm I'm sorry, but like, how much money are you actually making from tourism from the cave? It can't be that much where you have to hire <laughs> fucking guys. I mean, fucking at this point, the they've ditched. They've ditched farming. They've. This is their sole income. Is imagine being that bored? Tourism. Like, like if we didn't have TVs, we'd all be like going to caves right now. You know what I mean? Like, we'd be that bored. We'd be like, let's spend all our money on the fucking. Mammoth cave. Ooh, this is the unabridged back door. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Which, put much. your cell phones on vibrate, guys. Everyone sign a waiver of consent as you walk in, please. <laughs> <laughs> they posted signs all over the road advertising their cave entrances and boasting that their cave was the best. 
do you do you know how much money any of these people were making like at all i'm just curious like how much money was in the cave game to make it like what this is the oldest profession well later on enough that the federal government would come in and say we want it okay so, so it's I mean, gotta be enough then it's gotta now, be how enough. do we tax the cave how do we tax the cave <laughs> we just take it okay perfect yeah government so I feel like they had to have been making pretty good for the feds to be like, hey, uh, we would like all of that. Thanks. <laughs> but cave capers would also make stations saying official cave information. And they would send tourists to cave owners who had paid them the most money. And they would just manipulate tourists for whoever cave owner paid them the most. Who polices this? Oh, this is still completely standard sales tactics. Yep. The the cave capers would make misleading signs. They would burn down competitors' ticket booths. They diverted tourists with fake policemen. It's anarchy! <laughs> this this is America, baby. This is competition. <laughs> this is what America was built on. They hired people to go heckle other cave tours. So, like, while somebody was giving a cave tour, they'd have the dude, like, going in and heckling everybody. Your hole's too small. <laughs> your hole's too big. Come to our hole. You can fit everyone in our hole. This hole stinks! Yeah. <laughs> There's no chandeliers in this one. Ours has chandeliers. <laughs> There's mold in that cave. There's a yeast infection in that cave. So the cave forest wouldn't end until Mammoth Cave became a national park in 1941. But even then, it wasn't until the 1960s that false information, booths, and capers would slowly dissipate. Uh, despite the amount of information I've given you so far, the, the middle of the Kentucky Cave Wars is where our story takes place. And that's where we're going to meet Floyd Collins. Floyd. What Floyd. a stupid name. Hey. Ooh, aggressive. Uh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe we like Floyd. You don't know. You're going to love Floyd. Floyd's great. See? You bitch. Yeah. I'm going to call him Floydo. How dare you say that about Floyd? <laughs> we love him. <laughs> Floyd Collins was born July 20th, 1887. Sorry, what? <laughs> what? The star of the cave wars is Willie? The Will- oh. Yep. <laughs> Willie got stuck in a cave. <laughs> oh, Willie and all the caves. Oh! So he was one of the best known cave explorers of this area. And he was convinced that most of those cave entrances were connected to the greater Mammoth Cave system. Oh, he'd be the first. He's trying to find the G-spot of the cave. <laughs> okay, yeah. So Willie's looking for the G-spot in the cave. The greatest. G stands for greatest. <laughs> Most people called him Floyd, so I refer to him as Floyd, but you call him what you wish, I suppose. We're going to call him Willie, okay? This is happening. <laughs> you call him Floyd. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll go between both. When I'm okay. being serious and when I'm talking about how he's looking for a G-spot. As long as the audience <laughs> knows it's the same person, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they'll know. <laughs> Floyd was the third child of Lee and Martha Collins, who had a total of eight children. And the Collins family farm was approximately four miles east of Mammoth Cave near the Green River. So they're still technically in the, the Mammoth Cave area. That's how big it is. But they're four miles east of, like, the main entrance kind of deal. And Floyd began exploring these caves at the age of six. So Willie started penetrating the caves at a young age. 
Whoa. And he would find Native American artifacts and sell them to tourists at the Mammoth Cave Hotel. At six? At, at six. <laughs> that is the grind I admire. My six-year-old ain't doing fuck all of that entrepreneurial work. That's your helicopter parenting your kid. Set him out into the cave. Yeah, you don't just, like, allow them to walk into a cave alone at six years old unsupervised either. To go know? find some money? Yeah, get the fuck in there. Go! I'll throw him in there! <laughs> so, in 1910, at the age of 23, Floyd discovered Donkey's Cave on the family farm. And this would be his first... Wait, wait a second! Wait a second! Uh-oh! Look, man, we've all been lonely. geologist edmund turner hired floyd to show him caves in the region in 1912 leading to the to the pair discovering dossie's dome cave in 1912 and great onyx cave in 1915 the safest (laughs) cave out there the dome cave whatever goes in comes out for sure Ooh, were two blokes entering dome cave Yes. Ooh. So, full circle, Floyd's mother, Martha, died in 1915 from tuberculosis. Rest in peace. September. Shame they hadn't put her in the cave. (laughs) They did not put her in the cave. Which you'll find out later, the family would not have wanted that. Oh. September 1917, Floyd would make one of his greatest discoveries while climbing up a bluff on the Collins family Collins farm floyd noticed cool air moving from a hole after widening the hole he was able to drop down and discovered his way in was blocked in december 1917 after removing the rock blocking his path he reached a larger room in the cave he would later name this great crystal cave because of the gypsum formations found in the cave it's bejeweled so gypsum uh sorry it's the gypsum cave he said it's the gyp- the gypsum spot. G- yeah, so he G- called it spot. Great Crystal Cave because of the gypsum formation. So like in caves, gypsum will make these like almost flower-like formations. And they're actually kind of sharp. Listen, you're, you're writing this for us. Some might say majora, labia majora. <laughs> what are we what are we talking about? Flower like what? <laughs> He's found he's in the G spot, right? Okay, it was in the great Chris in great. He found the G spot in Crystal's cave. Close enough. <laughs> Willie, close enough. Found the close G spot enough. in Crystal's cave. <laughs> we'll roll with it. That's where. So Lee Collins, his father, deeded Floyd half interest in the cave and immediately tried to open it up for tourism. They opened the cave for tourism in April 1918. However, due to its remote location, they didn't attract very many tourists. You know, they're not near any of the ne- the main cave entrances. They're not near those stagecoach lines. They're not near main roads. They're not getting a whole lot of traffic. A lot of people probably would have had a hard time finding that, right? Definitely. Through all the bush. It's hard to get through the bush to the, to the gypsum spot, huh? So Floyd knew to get more tourists, he would have to go to an area along Cave City Road where all the tourists were coming into Cave City. And he made agreements with three farmers who owned land near the highway. If he succeeded in finding a new cave entrance, Floyd and the farmers would form a partnership to profit off tourists from the new cave. So Floyd set out 
to find a new cave entrance in hopes of getting a more profitable cave. Do you know what she's doing? She's reading her synopsis for finishing <laughs> rock school. <laughs> this is word for word rendition of what she submitted in an academic This is the paper. geology <laughs> fucking version of Fifty Shades of Rocks. You know what I mean? Like Fifty Shades of Caves. This is what we're doing right now. Fifty yeah. Shades of Cars. <laughs> I can't. But it wasn't popular because nobody could find it. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, that was too good. That was too good. I'm oh, sorry. Fingers can say this whole thing like an adult because she's not five. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm sorry. You just kept going and I was fucking gone, man. I was just gone. I just love it. Like, I could imagine you standing up in front of a seminar of rock doctors or something like that, reading this word for word, and all your peers going, oh, That's a very good point. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're literally about to have a cardiac arrest because we're dying over here. <laughs> so Boyd, he's looking for another cave entrance, but this time off the highway, right? Because he wants it to be popular. Right. Yep. Right. Yep. Lots of traffic. Yep. Lloyd would find what he was looking for. And he began going into this cave and clearing debris to be able to open the cave to tourists. And every day for months, Floyd would go down into what would be called Sand Cave to clear paths. What happened? So did he just abandon Crystal's cave? They then? were still doing <laughs> tourism from it, but it was really slow. So this is a nice this is a nice new shiny cave. Right. Oh, but like every time he went and cleared out debris, were there really long logs? It was there? mostly gravel. Okay. When he entered Sand Cave January 30th, 1925, he needed to call, crawl through a five-foot opening on his hands and knees before going down a chute that he had already cleared with debris. So keep in mind, remember I told you that like as the river went down and as the groundwater went down to meet it, you had the caves form. So you have a lot of vertical drops in this cave system. And so that's what I mean by down a chute. Like he went down a cave system that dropped down. Mm. How does one get back out? You just crawl back out, climb up the rock. But you said it was vertical. Oftentimes they're not like super high. You know, you're not talking like a 15 foot drop. Not like bow high right now, more Richard. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Whoa, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Richard isn't the one that took a huge bong rip when we got started. Just my He did. Right. He just took his butt. And right. also, I've been so into this. I don't think I've ever been this in, into an episode. I'm so glad. All three of my brain cells are so focused <laughs> on this. So Sand Cave has a lot of like very narrow passageways that, that Floyd is having to navigate himself through. So he keeps pushing himself through more of these narrow passageways until it opened up tight caves and it opened up about 100 Wait. feet inside of the cave so he's been going along up and down and he's about 100 feet inside back and forth maybe in and out just the tip to start off and he reaches the turnaround room and it's called the turnaround room because this is the point where even the most experienced caver goes i'm out and they turn around and they go back oh however floyd noticed an opening on the other side of the turnaround room and it was about nine inches in height 
or 22.86 centimeters. Thank you. You're welcome. And this would be called the squeeze because, you know, nine inches. Yeah, that'll squeeze. She's going through the nine inch, the cervix of the. (laughs) Too soon? Too soon! (laughs) Too soon for what? Oh, like premature. Fuck, We're I not it. there yet. We didn't make it. I've never, I don't know what they're like. I've never been that far in a cave. I know. I've never seen a cave this tight. <laughs> no, I've never seen a, a cave that tight. Actually, normally they're very accommodating if you, um, if you spend enough time preparing to go in. Yeah. And this um, space is so tight that Floyd has to crawl through on his stomach with one arm in front of him, pushing his kerosene lantern. And the other one is like trapped against his side. And he's just like wiggling his way through. There's no yeah. way Floyd's making enough money for this to be worth it. Like, I don't believe that. Like, there's no way. I would love to know how much. Well, this has also been his passion since he was 60 years old. Oh, you know, he so grew he just... up in cave country. He's been going in and out of these caves <laughs> for his whole life. You know, this is what Floyd has done. We're all in cave country, mate. <laughs> From cave country. <laughs> so he's... He's worming his way through, and he's, like I said, he's been in Sand Cave every day for months, trying to clear paths for tourists, because he wants the squeeze to eventually be larger. But he also <laughs> is convinced that there's a larger room on the other side of the squeeze. He's got to go in and he's out. He's got to keep he's working it. Keep putting more people through. Loosen it up, baby. Yeah. So he came across a 10-foot drop. So this is a like a, a taller vertical shoot. You know, it's 10 foot. So he tied a rope around a rock to get him down to the bottom. And that's how he was getting back and forth. In the squeeze? Yes. In the squeeze? Yes. So he has to crawl through the squeeze and then there's a vertical drop that he does head first? Yeah, pretty much. Well, he's able to like, it opens up a little bit so that he's able to get in feet first on this one. So he's grabbing a rope that he's tied around to a rock and he's going down feet first down this 10 foot drop in this cave Mm-mm. not for no, me not for me either fuck that now i just i don't like i'm i don't like this i don't like this guy he's scaring me now and it's and it's still tight it's opened up only enough for him to be able to get feet first now and so now he's, i love it and it, it make it makes an l so he's in this chute and then it goes straight out again so he's Mm-mm. at the bottom and he's going into the the bottom foot of the l portion Awesome. And at this point, Floyd can only continue by being on his back, feet first, inching mm. inching along that way. No. He continued his mission of clearing debris and inching his way forward until his kerosene lamp began to flicker. How? With his feet? Yep. Yeah, how was he moving debris? Well, he's like, he's got a bucket. That's how he's been like moving debris. Is He has a bucket that he fills with gravel and then he like goes back up and he dumps it somewhere and then he goes back in like he's it's a very long it's arduous process for him to like clear out any of these passages how long would it take to do just that l section um what isn't it 100 feet into the cave that he even reaches the l section so he's got to go in and out 100 feet even to get there yeah just to get to like the turnaround room oh <laughs> not for me like, are we talking months to do it or years? Well, at this point, he's been doing it months, but Floyd uh, will never find out how long it would have taken. 
Mm-hmm. Wow. So his his kerosene lamp begins to flicker as he's feet first, inching his way along his back, and he knew that he should head out of this cave. You know, he's been in that cave darkness we talked about before. He knows he should probably head back out. So he's pushing his lantern with his shoulder, shimmying his way out. And he's pushing along the cave walls and ceiling with his feet to try to inch his way out that way. So he thinks that he has put his foot on the cave wall to push himself out. But actually, he's put his foot on a rock that was on the ceiling. And when he pushes to try to get out, that rock falls and traps his leg in the cave. And he knocked his lantern over in the process of all this. So now he is trapped and he is in pitch black. It's cuffing season, boys. (laughs) Oh. And that rock was about 25 to 30 pounds. It varies in reports. Um, that doesn't sound that heavy. Well, but he's in a tight space. So his arms are yeah, still Yeah, when you're stuck in a tight spot, side. you're fucked. You know, he doesn't have an, enough room. And with this rock came a bunch of gravel on top of it. Like So when he's trying to move his foot to get out from underneath it, more and more gravel is falling on top of him, trapping him even more. Oh! The bucket, it does nothing. and so now he's alone in the dark in what is essentially a stone straitjacket and to make matters worse you know this is january that he's gone into the cave january 30th the snow and ice is melting and it's going through the rock into this cave system and he has a constant drop of water on his forehead so the way that it's described is he managed to get his head towards the the drop that he went down that 10 foot shoe so his head is like almost out of the l portion that he crawled his way into and so it's just dripping right on his face pooling underneath his head and it's ice cold he's gonna appreciate that if he gets thirsty yeah kind of sort of i think exposure probably is a problem (laughs) in there oh all right bring that into it fawn Look, I already know he survived because we're hearing this story, so. That is a very big assumption. Well, yeah, he has to survive if you're telling us this story. Otherwise, somebody else is telling this story and it could all be lies. It'll make a lot more sense in a minute. So Floyd, without much option, he begins yelling at the top of his lungs, hoping that somebody outside of the cave would hear him. The cave squirting on me. Get me out of here. And for the next 23 hours, he would fall asleep, wake up, and scream and do that over and over again for 23 hours same (gasps) and the problem with is in all of his adventuring and deals with these farm owners he was staying in different places so when he didn't show up to one house or he didn't show up back at his dad's house no one really gave up much thought and up until this point floyd was known for having a habit of being in caves for stints of up to 30 hours prior to this cave adventure. So nobody was alarmed at first that Floyd was gone for over 24 hours. They were like, whatever, Floyd does this. Old Floyd's probably in a cave, moisten it up down there. Yep, old Willie's Don't out in caves. Him. Don't worry. Didn't everyone think Lloyd was kind of a prick too? 
No, everyone thought he was like the best of the best cave explorer. Pretty much, he had made a name for himself. He, of course, he's the best cave explorer. He found the G spot, <laughs> <laughs> and like all the residents were used to him doing this stuff since he was a kid. You know, like he would explore caves and then just pop up out of a hole in somebody's field and be like, "Hey, guys," you know, like he's kind of oh, he's kind of like a mole man. Yeah, yeah, like a mole man or Bugs Bunny, maybe. But eventually, somebody did get worried about him. And they thought, well, we should probably go check on him. And when they went to Sand Cave, they saw his jacket was hanging up near the cave entrance. And so they decided that they were going to go in. And so January 31st, 1925, 17-year-old Jewel Estes was the only one of the three who went looking for him who was small enough to make it to the turnaround room. Because these are still super narrow passageways. So three men went in looking for him, and only one seventeen-year-old kid could even get to the to the turnaround room. Wow. Or they just went, "Hey, kid, you're dumb. <laughs> Is, Why don't you go see?" Was him? Jules' middle name Test? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Okay. Test of Jules, huh? What did you say? His name was St. St. STDs. Jules STs. STs. STs nuts. So he's at the turnaround room, but he does not want to go down in the squeeze. So he starts yelling for Floyd. Bitch. (laughs) And Floyd yells back and tells him that, you know, he's trapped. He he can't get out. And by the time Estes made it back to the cave entrance, other locals had begun to gather at the cave entrance looking for Floyd. Several men decided they could go in and get Collins, but no one wanted to go down the squeeze, turning around in the aptly named turnaround room. So in Louisville, Kentucky, which in today's world is only like, I don't know, an hour or two away, you know, in 1925, it's taken him a lot longer to get from Louisville to Cave City. But Louisville Hmm. is where his brother Homer was. And Homer receives a phone call that his brother Floyd is trapped in a cave. And immediately, Homer hopped on a stagecoach and heads to Cave City. And he arrives the next day, February 1st. Of course. He skips all the bases. <laughs> and at this point, Floyd has been trapped for 38 hours. <laughs> Willie's been trapped and his brother Homer's on the way. Homer. Homer is on the way. <laughs> and Homer's the only one brave enough to, to go through the squeeves and try to meet up with Floyd. Especially since he has no idea what he's doing. Homer? No. Are you kidding me? He's been to first base, second base, <laughs> third base, all the way. No, but he's not used to dealing with caves like this. He's only used to dealing with the back entrances. How, why would you assume that? He's hitting Homer's left, right, and center. Yeah. <laughs> Plays with balls all day. You think he may not be interested in caves? He no, I just, I thought, uh, sorry, I was still on. His name was Homo. Sorry, my bad. Oh, oh, homo, because of her accent. (laughs) Again, they also like caves. Yeah, but only the back entrances, not the not the tight, wet squeeze. Well, no, because in Crystal's cave, it's not Crystal's cave. Well, this time it's sand cave, so that's that's not the the badge you want to go in dry Mm. and gravelly and. But it's not dry, it's wet. I mean, she is so good at caving that Willie made the sand cave wet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my man. 
My man. <laughs> Good job, Willie. Homer made it through the squeeze and down to Floyd successfully. He's the first person to make it to Floyd. And he calls behind him for the men outside to bring in supplies. And Homer feeds Floyd nine sausage sandwiches and a liter of coffee. Doesn't sound like a good idea. <laughs> He's feeding them sausage sandwiches. Come on. Homer feeds his brother Willie nine sam- sausage sandwiches. Because he can't help but hit homers. That's all he does. Has Danielle still been writing this? <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. All right. He could have brought him a taco. Yeah. <laughs> well, Homer did take an old syrup can with him. And I'm sure you Canadians are very familiar with the size of like a maple syrup can. So I didn't I didn't go into that. It's a really bold assumption. <laughs> Isn't it just like a can of ravioli? Like the same size can as every other can, I guess. It's, it's the the kind of can that you would use to like go harvest maple syrup. Uh, really? Oh. <laughs> that's a bucket. Yeah, I was gonna say a bucket? I guess. Or is it a maple syrup canteen? Because those are different. <laughs> I guess in the 1920s they stored maple syrup in cans. He had a he had a syrup. So can. did they use did they use the maple syrup to make him slippery? No, it was, was empty. Maple syrup and Homer just it? was filling this this maple syrup can with, with what? what? With gravel. He was trying. He's trying oh. to dig. Oh. He's trying to dig Floyd out at this point, right? So he's trying to take the rock out away from Floyd and give Floyd some room to work. I'm sorry for our misunderstanding, but you told me fed up nine sausage sandwiches, so we don't fucking know what to fill shit up with anymore. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. So this man's just eating sandwich after sandwich while Homer is scooping up buckets of gravel and they're going up the squeeze. Okay. And with a drop of water constantly going on his head. All right. And he's drinking a shit ton of coffee, too. And with every yeah. scoop of gravel that Homer takes out, more gravel is falling on top of Floyd in this endless cycle so the more floyd they the more gravel they take out the more gravel falls on top of floyd you need a better plan homer (sighs) but for eight hours homer attempted to dig his brother out even using a crowbar to try to dig larger amounts of gravel out from around floyd he would not want to miss and when homer emerges from the cave exhausted obviously he's greeted by approximately a hundred men and women talking about how they would be the ones to go in and save Floyd. At this point, he's been stuck in the cave for 46 hours. Everyone began fighting about how to get Floyd out of the cave. Some wanted to use torches to cut the rock, like acetylene torches. Some wanted to amputate his foot, despite the fact that no one could reach it. Actually, at this point, that would probably be the best thing to do. But they can't get to it. Others wanted to use dynamite to yeah, blow just open blow Floyd. Hole. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> I just love how that's like an option. Like you're not gonna be able to blow him out of there, you fucking morons! <laughs> My God. Well, and they all decided that you know dynamite would be too harmful for Floyd. Acetylene torches no would also put too much gas into the the cave, possibly suffocating Floyd. Like there was a lot about those plans that could go bad. Yeah, I was about to say, that torch idea is not going to work either. Sorry. The most frustrating part for Homer is that none of them would go brave the caves themselves. He would send people in to go take Floyd food and water. They'd get to the turnaround room, and they would drop it 
next to the entrance of the squeeze. And they would turn around and they would leave again. I helped! Lying that they had taken Floyd food. Here, I've got the best plan, guys. How about instead of saving him, we just feed him out three times a day, and then tourists come in here and he could be the ghost of the G-spot. Yeah, three times a day. So that's 21, no, 27 sausage sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that right, Bo? Well, oh, I'm on the expert. On numbers? Yeah, earlier I saw that you're really good at math, so. <laughs> so... <laughs> Okay. All right. So he's a question. Is he actually injured or is he just stuck? So at this point, no one really knows. Although it it didn't, there was it later we found out it wasn't broken. Like when he gets to talk to somebody about what's going on, he doesn't feel like it's broken under there. So initially but he no. can move it. And yeah. Stuff. He can move it a little bit. So there's so no large injuries that we can tell. It's just he's trapped in such a narrow passageway that nobody can get in there to, like, move that rock and get him out. Have they considered? Because you said he's right at the thing where it goes up, mm-hmm. right? So why don't they just, like, tie, like, a backpack to him and then just pull up the backpack? Don't get ahead of me. Celeste! God damn! <laughs> very, very stern. Wow. Fuck. Yes, mistress. If it took these people 72 hours to come up with this plan. Yes, Celeste, because they started at Dynamite. Like, <laughs> getting to a good idea is going to take him a fucking minute. Look, this is 1920s Kentucky. These are not the smartest people, Okay. Let's shoot him out of there. I'm surprised that wasn't on the list. You know what I mean? So shoot him, (laughs) shoot him out. Option one, and then everything shooting adjacent after that, and then actual ideas after that. But they do try. They what you're insinuating? They do try, and it's it's really interesting. And I'll explain it when we get there. Is it okay? Well, I'll I'll be the judge of that. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> February 2nd, Floyd has been trapped for 71 hours, and the only person to have reached him so far is his brother Homer. Until the Louisville Courier, which was a newspaper, heard about Floyd's plight, and reporter William Miller wanted to go see the scene at Sand Cave to write Floyd's story. So Miller arrives to speak to Homer. However, Homer brushes him off. Homer doesn't want to talk about it. Homer is sick of the sea of people that are seemingly having brilliant ideas but don't have the balls to go see Floyd themselves. And so Homer tells him, hey, he's right in there. Go go see him for yourself. You really want to know this story? Take your balls in that cave. The rest of you can stay out here, but go take your balls. And at this point, there's so many people, they're building camp, like they're they're camping out. They're building campfires. They're hanging out at the front of this cave entrance. Like, they're dedicated. So Floyd's getting what he wanted. More tourists. <laughs> right? Yes! Have they hung a chandelier yet? Yes, no. there any chandeliers. Do we even know if he's that trapped? Like, is this a PR stunt? Because it's worked. <laughs> that would saying. be the That's... best episode ever. If at the end of this, it was all fake. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so awesome. <laughs> Okay. Sarah's like, no, someone died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's sad. Okay, but... Whatever, right, but... man. He found the G spot before he died. That's what we're all after. Yeah, that's right. It's the dream we're all chasing. So, so like I said earlier, 
the water dripping is from snowmelt, right? Well, now you've got a bunch of people sure. outside of the cave entrance with campfires accelerating oh, that process, dripping more and more water onto Floyd and making the cave that he's trapped within more and more unstable. So Miller gets to the turnaround room and he calls to Floyd. And hearing Floyd's voice, Miller decides to go through the squeeze. And this one's Willie Miller, right? This is Willie number two, Miller. So Willie's going to stuff it right near the other Willie. Yes. DP, double penetration. Mm. Double penetration. You gotta be careful. Okay. It does blow out cave walls sometimes. Mm, it can happen. <laughs> you don't want that. And so Miller finds But it Floyd. seems like it's good and it's good and wet in there now, right? So I think they should be able to fit both, no problem. Mm. Yeah. Yeah? No? No? Maybe? Yeah, I, yeah, for sure. I said yeah. Well, we're asking the rock doctor here. Are we right? To fit both of them down the chute? Mm. Yeah, is it wet enough? Well, I mean, Miller gets down the chute with Floyd. <laughs> so technically there's two of them in the same, like... Follow-up question. Up. Why is fucking everybody in this story a spelunker? Like, isn't this a journalist? <laughs> yeah. Why is he here and yeah. all of a sudden yeah. he's like a master cave diver? People back then, people back then had zero fear about yeah. things. Everyone was dying yeah. of everything. Like everyone was dying of disease. But if you made it past 20, they're like, I can go anywhere. I can do whatever and I this want. This journalist is like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna get the next big story. And his boss is like, Yeah. So he didn't really like understand the risk. He like homie turned around to him. Mm-hmm. And said, if you want the story, go get it. And he's like, oh, okay. Like, clearly nobody understands the risk of what they're doing because a, a cave in itself is probably pretty dangerous. Then everybody making fires around it, all that shit. No one understood what they were doing. They're dumb. They're all dumb. They started at dynamite. I mean, they understood that they could get trapped, but they didn't have the understanding we have now. They had a very basic caveman understanding. <laughs> Hey. In this period of time, half the shit they're afraid of is consumption, right? So they go to the cave and they're like, well, you know what? At least when you're cave diving, you're not going to get consumption. Except the little did they know that this was the fucking tuberculosis cave where they put the tuberculosis <laughs> huts. So you can go and get consumption in these caves too. And nobody understands. Well, at this point, yes, your tuberculosis patients have died off. They've realized that's a bad idea. They're not doing that anymore. Tuberculosis stays, man. There. It still lives there to this day. Yeah, I was about to say, isn't it mm. like heroin in the walls? Edgar Allan Poe is the cause of it. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was Edgar Allan Poe there? No. <laughs> okay, then he's not going to die of tuberculosis. We know that. So so Miller kind of mm. like, sits next to Floyd or stays next to Floyd as best he can and tries to interview Floyd. But at this point, Floyd is laying in a pool of water that is 12 degrees Fahrenheit, negative 11 oh, degrees yeah. Celsius. He in it. And uh, he Floyd's incoherent. You know, he's slowly succumbing to exposure. So this whole thing is lies because we've heard it from the words of a madman. No, from Homer and Willie Miller. Well, at, at, first, at first, he's coherent. You know, this is the first time that Miller seeing him in this state and i don't i don't think homer i don't think he was in that state the last time homer saw him either you know so somewhere between homer being in the in the cave with floyd and miller being in the cave with floyd he seriously nosedived so have they set up like a pulley system to remove shit or is it literally just like he goes in with his maple syrup can 
crawls back out with his maple syrup can goes back in with his maple syrup can. or do they have like a pulley system where they're sending it up and someone else dumps it out and then sending it back down there's no pulley system but it, at certain points you've got men just like passing buckets back and forth in like a chain well can't they get out water out fast enough yeah, oh but so it's, the exposure like is what you're talking about they have a different solution for that does it involve dynamite he in it shoot it <laughs> <laughs> You know what'll make him warm? This stick of dynamite. Before they solve his exposure issue, uh, Miller comes to the surface, muddy and scratched up because these cave walls are not smooth either. They've got jagged rocks. Those gypsum crystals are not smooth. They're sharp. That's not mud. This man's been in this hole for three days. He's yeah. That's that's he's, shit, man. He's pooped. Yeah. And how much coffee did his did Homer give him? Coffee and sausage shits. That's what that is. All right. <laughs> Homer is ecstatic that Miller has made it to Floyd, that he is not the only person to make it all the way to Floyd at this point. And Miller obviously played the role of journalist, getting interviews with people on the scene, writing his newspaper stuff. This made Floyd's plight spread like wildfire and see the whole country was captivated. The press needed every single detail and wanted to be the first to push out every single detail about this story. And that's why when you like look into old time newspapers about this, there's a lot of like misconceptions. Like at one point, a newspaper said that the boulder that fell on Floyd was seven tons. And that's, that's definitely not the case. <laughs> Close enough. Print it. Yeah. Dinga says, like, we should all know that as common knowledge. We're like, okay, I didn't have an assumption on what, how much the boulder weighed. And yeah, fucking idiot. There's no (laughs) way that could be possible. But all of this newspaper explosion has really made the story hit a lot of eyeballs. And this includes uh, Lieutenant Robert Bourbon, sorry, Burden of the Louisville Fire Department. And like Miller, Burden makes it through the squeeze and down to see Floyd, where he also sees that Floyd is not in good shape. And this is where Burden suggests they tie a rope around Floyd and pull him out. So this, Celeste, is where they they try your method of... Oh, they peed in it! Putting a harness on him, and they're trying to pull him out. Oh, they didn't pee in it. However, they warn that this could detach his ankle. Because they don't know exactly how much pressure that rock's putting on his ankle. A physician nearby suggests the rope pull idea would stretch his internal organs, killing him. Are you stupid? (laughs) Did you go to medical school? Well, if we send leeches down there, it'll cure him, so it'll be fine. This is ridiculous. But regardless of that (laughs) guy, they push on with the attempt to pull Floyd out. Homer, Burden, Miller, and several others go in. And his brother Homer feeds him sandwiches and some coffee to warm him up. And at this point, <laughs> Floyd has been stuck for 79 hours. And he is terrified of this rescue a- attempt. Have they Whoa, wa- wait, Why? Like, I live here now. This is my home. You can't take and me out like this. I mean, he does not want his foot to be amputated. He does not want oh, them whatever. to rip his leg off. Was he coward? At any point in time, did they offer him water? He had lots of water. I think coffee just because it's warm. You can put, you can warm up water. Yeah, but doesn't it dehydrate you a bit? I mean, coffee's just bean water. Well, yeah, exactly. So, but it's bean water that makes you shit a lot. That's why they're giving him the sausage sandwiches to stuff him up again. You know what I mean? 
<laughs> his ass was stuffed with sausage. <laughs> I don't know. No, about this. the coffee, you know, could give you diarrhea, and then the sausage could give you constipation. So they're probably thinking it would even even itself out. You know, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure they're still thinking about dynamite <laughs> <laughs> or guns. I have a quick question. Yes. Sorry. So didn't you say Miller got there about like 65 hours into him being underground or something? Like how long? It was like 71. Yeah. So I mean, now it's like 79. It only took eight hours for him to get the story back to print the press and everybody in the country was like pulling well, for had, him had, at like 79 hours. Like these hour markers are just to give you an idea of kind of where we're at you know okay they're not like sorry i just got confused they're not super exact it's just the best timeline that i can give you for how it all went down like i said it's kind of jumbled um but i mean you're right it would have in 1925 it would have taken more than eight hours for that shit to spread across the country but at this point you've got hundreds of people outside of sand cave everyone's been talking about it like since it happened that's fair that's fair sorry i was just confused for a second that, and that's a great point. That actually kind of makes sense, though. If this is a big tourist area, because they come for the day, they hear about the asshole stuck in the cave, and then they go back to wherever they're from. Right. So it would spread. So it's spreading by word of mouth and by newspapers, because as newspapers hear about it, they want to print about it. They want the traffic. So they're trying to pull Floyd out of the cave with a rope. And remember, this is that L-shaped tube that he's in. So he's in the bottom of the L. They're having to come down that 10-foot drop. And the rock above him is doing that is mirroring that same path, right? And so he's in the bottom, and they're gonna try to pull this rope up the chute to try to get Floyd out. Oh, they're gonna rip him in half. This is awesome. Well, just in case, just just like the doctor said, <laughs> just in case anything happens to Floyd's foot, his brother Homer gives him a sedative and some whiskey before they tie the rope around Floyd and they pull him out. What? I thought whiskey was the sedative <laughs> in 1912. I guess maybe they gave him opiates. I'm not sure. Okay, fair no, enough. No, dude, they need him to wiggle. He can't wiggle now. This is never going to work. So they've Snap got him a in rope, half. Let's do this. And they've this. got like six or eight dudes pulling as hard as they can on this rope. Uh, and Floyd begins uh, screaming because his chest is uh, being pulled up towards the cave ceiling and basically crack. solely suffocating him, you know, and crack. So finally, his brother Homer pulls on the other pulls the other direction against the men on the rope, and yeah, they like come off balance and they stop. So they don't oh. rip Floyd in half, but it is a failed oh. attempt to pull Floyd out of the cave. See, if he'd wiggled, it would have worked. <laughs> they wiggle, all wiggle, exit wiggle. the cave to find that this crowd has grown significantly. Now we're talking <clears throat> like 200, 300 people outside of this. Cave. Pull, 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 USA, USA, USA. Oh, sorry. Did anybody try shooting him out of there? Like, shut up, man. (laughs) (laughs) You're three days behind. We've gone through those ideas. What if we just take a plunger and we just plunge him out? Oh, yeah. And they tried pushing him. I don't think they would try pushing. (laughs) So they come out of the cave. And Homer is greeted by a childhood friend of his and Floyd's named Gerald, who had gone caving with Floyd before and decided that he would come and try to help. So Gerald Gerald enters the cave with plan A, which is to dig Floyd out. 
and he actually moves quite a bit of rock away from Floyd, exposing his chest and giving Floyd a little bit of wiggle room. They should have done this since the beginning. Like, why haven't they been digging him out? That's what this I don't is, get. Like, this is the true G spot. This is the G spot we were waiting for. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But Gerald needs a break, and so he leaves Sand Cave in the early morning of February. Oh, Gerald, 3rd. you bitch! Fuck! At this point, Floyd has been trapped for about eighty-eight hours. By the time Gerald leaves, Floyd. You know what doesn't get tired? A gun. Just shoot him out. <laughs> <laughs> So now that Floyd is slightly loosened up, Burden wants to try another rope pull. But onlookers blocked his way, pushing him out of the way from being able to enter the cave and shouting at him and just basically fighting him back. Like, no, you're not doing this. We saw how horrible the first one went. We're not going to let you do it again. And then Miller had been writing stories and taking it back to the Louisville Courier and other major outlets had picked up the story, making it the biggest story of Miller's career. But Miller cared more about rescuing Floyd. No, he didn't. This would be an incredible anime, just saying. <laughs> it probably would. <laughs> They've done like uh, some documentaries and, and stuff like that about Floyd, and there's like a ton of books, like a ton of YouTube videos. There's a lot out there about Floyd. All of it a little bit jumbled due to the early newspapers being jumbled. So, yeah. It's unlike the media to sp spread false information. Mm, yeah. No, Miller's really counting on him being saved because that's where, that's when the news is going to explode. Right. Yeah. When he starts talking and stuff. So, I mean, he cares, but not. And for Miller at this point wants to be the one to, to save him, too. Like, how great is it that the journalist that has been writing about you saves you? So, Miller wants to be the one to, to rescue Floyd. So, sure. Miller had gone back, like I said, to the Louisville Courier to do his writing, send out the papers, do more clerical newspapery stuff. And when he comes back, he goes down into the cave. And he finds that somebody had strung lights down the cave into Floyd. Oh no, mold! Mold! <laughs> they, but, but they put the last light bulb around Floyd's neck so that it was on his chest. And that was going to provide enough warmth so that Floyd doesn't die of exposure. He's a human chandelier. Oh, they finally hung the chandelier around his neck. He's risky. One trip on that light goal, light bulb. Someone's just walking past up. Hanged. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. You're right. That is, yes, hanged a chandelier. <laughs> <laughs> try the rope trick again. It'll work now. Well, they fought the what dude. Are, the dude who wanted to try the rope trick, they fought him off. They were like, no, we don't want you to do that. Anymore. No, we're not doing repeats. We haven't even shot him out yet. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Until a piece of dynamite explodes, we ain't trying nothing else. Mm -hmm. So Miller begins digging more gravel away from Floyd. And he's sending buckets up to other men in an assembly line fashion. And he also brought some food <coughs> to share with Floyd. And Was it sausage sandwiches? It was not specific, but probably. To share. Give him the food. He's been down there for almost 100 hours. You can go without a piece of bread. <laughs> <laughs> oh really you really you think miller wants even more shit in that hole i think not mm. floyd 
now that he is warm and with food is in a better state of mind to have a conversation but his and head's still in 12 minus 12 or 12 degree water or whatever it is definitely yeah they and he's been stuck here for out. over 100 hours wow uh, he might lose his ears he's fine yeah no his ears are gone but it is believed that at this point Floyd says the following to Miller, or at least this is what was reported in the AP dispatch. I believed I would go to heaven. I can feel that I'm to be taken out alive with both of my feet. I kept thinking what would happen if the rock above me would fall. It caused me to shudder. I kept thinking to drive my mind to something else, but it wasn't much use. I couldn't do much to help those who came to help me, but I knew a lot of people were willing to do all in their power. It gave me courage. Tuesday morning, I thought of, thought to myself, four days down here and no nearer freedom than I was on the first day. How will it end? Will I get out? I couldn't think of it. I have faced death before. It doesn't frighten me, but it is so long. Tell them I'm not going to give up. Tell them I'm going to fight and be patient and never forget them. End quote. Huh. And Floyd's story was on every newspaper Every radio station, churches around the country were holding sermons for Floyd. Congress paused sessions to ask about information on where Floyd's recovery was at. Like, everyone was at the edge of their seat. And as you can imagine, tourism spiked. People were turning their homes into makeshift hotels. Traffic was backed up for miles for a chance to be <coughs> on the Collins farm. And meanwhile, Miller Crazy. is still working to free Floyd. And at wow. this point, he has enough room that he can get a crowbar down to the rock that is trapping Floyd's leg. And so he has this crowbar that he has underneath the rock, and he decides he's going to get a jack to place on top of the crowbar to be in between the crowbar and the ceiling of the cave. And so okay. when he does this, he realizes he needs some wooden blocks to go underneath the crowbar and he makes some adjustments and he moves the rock a little bit, but he keeps going. He keeps trying to do this until, and every time he would be, he would attempt, it would all just fall apart. The wooden blocks would move. Everything would just pop out of place. I said Miller was having a hard time getting his jack off. <laughs> yeah. What is he supposed to do with all this wood he has? Yeah. Hmm. That's okay. So, sorry, this guy is not a professional. Shouldn't they have like somebody who's a professional? This, what I, this is like everybody knows about this. There's people mining, like, there's got to be mining injuries and stuff like this where they have like people going to help you. Like, for the, for the immediate area, Floyd was the expert. You know, if anybody else had been trapped in that cave, they would have called Floyd. So, who do you uh, call when the man you would call for somebody else is stuck? A miner? Like, Somebody not in the south. <laughs> you call the north. Yeah, they definitely wouldn't have started at Dynamite. The, this is kind of where they'll start bringing in more experienced people. Hundred dollars in, like my yeah. god. You know what? Maybe we should consult an expert. It's like, yeah, you've been talking <laughs> about guns for three days. <laughs> four days. Yeah, we're at four days now. I think we're in over our head here, guys. Yeah. Failed jacks, jack <laughs> attempts. Uh, they leave. 
and on their way out they notice that the ceiling is visibly sagging and that there are new cracks being formed on the cave walls oh terrific and they emerge to find the national guard has arrived why and so has the superintendent of the kentucky rock asphalt company henry carmichael he is more helpful probably than the National Guard. <laughs> oh, yeah. What the fuck experience does the National Guard have with this? The National Guard was sent because at this point, like I said, Congress is pausing sessions. The governor of Kentucky is very invested into what happens to Floyd. Everyone is invested into what is going to happen. Our politicians are distracted. Floyd. Yes, <laughs> they're distracted with Sand Cave. And at this point, like, to... Floyd's story is so popular that the only other two stories that are making as much noise are the Linbaugh baby kidnapping thing that was Lindbergh? happening at the time. Yes. Hmm. So that was like the only hmm. story topping Floyd. I wonder I wonder if Floyd's like fucking baby didn't get taken. I'd be up here already. <laughs> His stupid baby doesn't know how to get Floyd kidnapped. Floyd probably had no so, idea. <laughs> he probably had no idea that was fucking happening. Oh, guaranteed he did because they're like I said, they're very bored and there's lots of people around. They're like, "Did you hear about the Lindbergh baby?" He's like, "I'm kind of stuck underground yeah, that's right now." True. Oh, Charles, Charles Lindbergh's baby just disappeared. Can you disappear me from this cave, please? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, I bet the the people that were going down to keep Floyd company, which at this point are only three or four people they probably were talking about whatever they could or miller miller just bitterly shoveling out like this limber baby's not taking my story i'm getting the beer <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah. he's all pissed off at the fucking limber baby too so carmichael is there he's the rock asphalt company guy and he sends in a few men to assess the stability of the cave and these men reach floyd but there's not much that they can do before they're forced to leave because they are afraid of a cave-in they're seeing gravel fall from the ceilings things are very unstable they're watching cracks open up it doesn't look good and they make it out just in time to watch rocks fall blocking the entrance of the squeeze and turning that into a pile of debris oh no a tomb it's a tomb now hmm so now, February 4th, Floyd has been trapped for 118 hours. Miller returns to the cave to find the entrance blocks. He attempts to remove the rubble to get to Floyd, but is injured by another falling rock, and he leaves. Also, at this point, Homer caught the flu, probably from going in and out of the cave where it is cold and wet. He's dead. That's not the flu, baby. That's tuberculosis. <laughs> yeah, you're dead. So he's he's out of out of the fight right now as far as trying to rescue floyd gerald was panicked that's the childhood friend and he was also furious because he had told people um that having so many folks at the entrance of the cave with campfires and all of these things would cause a cave in and so he felt like that's what had happened and <laughs> They pretty much spend the next couple of hours like yelling and fighting with each other between all of these people that were outside of the cave entrance. Real productive. And wow, so with hell. <laughs> Is everyone okay? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sorry, I needed a power snap. No, you're good. 
So with the help of I'm just sorry, what? I was just saying I'm just sitting here pissed off. No, you with uh, this, this whole thing. People could have helped. Well, people could have fucking made that a lot easier. Like yeah. a bunch of pickaxes and a bunch of guys. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah agree. Anyways. So with the help of Carmichael, Gerald forced all the people gawking to leave. Uh yeah. men other Good. men started chopping down trees to make wooden supports for cave walls while Gerald began removing rubble and try to reopen the passage to get to Floyd. Finally, Gerald made a big enough hole that he could see the light around Floyd's neck and then a big enough hole for him to crawl through. Gerald, exhausted but hopeful, left to rest before continuing, and several hours later, Gerald returned to the cave to find the ceiling had once again collapsed in the same place, and he emerged defeated. So now we've had the squeeze blocked by two different cave-ins. In the turnaround room. Not enough wood in the squeeze. <laughs> mm. Wasn't well, ready for the wood in the squeeze. So, February 5th, 142 hours, Floyd has been trapped. And the newest rescue plan is to dig down directly above Floyd. And Floyd has become such a celebrity, the governor of Kentucky has decided to see Floyd rescued. To donate a bunch of dynamite to get him out of there! <laughs> <laughs> basically money the state is like we're gonna throw a ton of money at this problem and hope that you can make it go away and so this results in a large operation and this is the first time that we are seeing an organized operation for floyd you know carmichael and his company is in it the national guards in it they finally organized and they have a plan they're gonna dig down they're gonna get floyd so how many days are we in now so now Oh, you're we're, 148 hours or some shit? Yeah, like, around there. Yep, about 145 hours. February 5th. Six, six days. We went in January 30th. Yep, six days. Jesus Christ. And so Carmichael brings in all of this heavy machinery immediately and has it assembled by engineers before they realize that all of that was completely useless because all of that machinery produces so much exhaust that if they tried to use it, to get Floyd out, they would fill the cave with carbon monoxide, killing Floyd with asphyxiation. So then they had to take more time to unassemble it all and get it all out of the way because they had set it all up for no reason. They would have to dig a 60-foot shaft down to Floyd with pickaxes and shovels. And at first the operation went smoothly, but things became to get more difficult and the shaft began to narrow until only two men could work in the hole at a time. Now they use a pulley system and using a pulley system and buckets, they keep digging and moving rubble out of the hole that way. They also have big carts that they're taking it out of the cave entrance. So they've kind of gone a little bit into the cave to dig down and then they're bringing it up and out. Finally. Imagine if these people... Imagine if these people had shown up five days ago. Yeah, I know that's the part that's like shocking to me. Like this, these people are mining gypsum and stuff. There's mines. There's people who are miners. They know must know what they're fucking doing. They're making timber supports. Like, I'm I'm upset. Oh, <laughs> he cross. This I'm cross. <laughs> I'm very cross. February sixth. He's a he's a mining safety guy. So this is probably like deeply like upsetting to him yeah. he's like, i never i never would have let this happen. oh i bet <laughs> my watch not on my watch 
I hope Journey not. Crazy. I hope that in today's day and age, we we aren't leaving men in caves for five days before we actually have an organized plan to get them out. <laughs> yeah. I think with tourists, tourists make it before the fucking rescue people. Are you fucked? Yeah. And the fact that they keep letting them just stand around in the cave, go away. Yeah, go away. That's what I was saying. Or help. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Get a pickaxe. What the fuck are you guys doing anyways? Are you going to go in the hole? No. Then fucking leave. Yeah. I brought dynamite. Like, get the fuck out of here. And and that's well, essentially what Carmichael and Gerald had to do was, like, push everybody back. But it still didn't really stop them. They're still all on the Collins family farm. Like, it's it's still massive. They're just not right directly out. outside of the cave entrance anymore. But February 6th, 170 hours, the men have dug 20 feet of the shaft but they have also yeah. exposed frozen ground and the midday sun is weakening the walls and slowing progress to a rate of half a foot per hour. So every hour they're only taking out half a foot of material. And their total depth that they need to do is 60? Yes. Yeah. At the same time, that- the ordeal has become a literal festival. So even though they're not directly in front of the cave anymore, there's so many people and they have food ben- vendors. They have booze. They have families. They've got live music and church groups and jugglers. And even Lee Collins, yeah. Floyd's father, is going around collecting donations, shaking a can, oh asking for money. Oh my God. Gather around, everyone. Let's listen to this guy die together. That is ridiculous. Fucked. Yeah. Oh, who needs some mutton and whiskey? I got you. I got you. All right. It's it's a thing. <laughs> it goes down even further than than I have like little China, Chinatown down the road. Based on what you did earlier, I have a feeling that Floyd is gonna die, and I'm getting more and more upset. As this story goes on. I thought he was dying hours ago. So the <laughs> fact that it's drawing out this much is driving me crazy too. Like it is such fucked. a crazy oh, no, that for him to be stuck in here. That light bulb news, like mm. it's all that's keeping him going, man. Pretty much. That's his life source. Yeah. Right there. That light bulb on a string. Yep. And uh Hello, Bobby. And Do you think we're gonna get out of here, Bobby? Twenty seven. 27 sausage sandwiches a day and we're gonna get into something that mentioned a little bit earlier which is this Uh is around the time that the rumor mill started going rampant and people didn't understand why it was so hard to rescue floyd so people speculated that nobody actually wanted to rescue floyd that it was all publicity stunt and and even went as far as to say that floyd wasn't trapped at all that he was leaving at night and then going back into the cave in the morning. And others speculated that Floyd was already dead. And other people said that he'd been murdered in the cave. That because of the Kentucky Cave Wars, a rival competitor went down into that cave and murdered Floyd. I feel like you'd you'd hear him coming. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Literally. So authorities, because of these rumors, they did a court martial where they summoned Gerald Miller oh and Homer, and it it took them two days, but they confirmed that it wasn't a hoax. Just get the guy out of the cave. Just all this shit later. This is so American. Like it's so American. You know what's more important? Let's make sure that this isn't a whole big hoax and a lie. 
We're going to hold a court martial and then we'll decide if we're going to get out the corpse. I mean, the victim. <laughs> yep. February 8th. Just get the guy out of the cave, man. Yeah. That's priority number one. Mm-hmm. If he's a corpse, though, we can use dynamite, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> February 8th. 228 hours Floyd has been stuck in this cave. And the digging has slowed to a rate of four inches per hour. Approximately. That's what, that's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not a lot. They were approximately 24 feet down. And at this point, they did try dynamite to help their process, but it didn't It didn't work. It, it didn't help. Oh, who could have seen that coming? And Yeah, and then everybody dispersed. They were like, this is all I was here for, man. Yeah. <laughs> So, who has 200 hours to just waste on watching a guy die? Like, what are you doing? Go home. Don't you have a job? This is before Netflix, man. If they, if there had been Netflix, he would have just died in that cave like two days in. Nobody would have even known he was missing, mm-hmm. right? And they kept digging, and they kept holding on to the fact that Floyd was still alive. Was he still alive? Are they talking to him? So the light bulb around his neck had copper wiring run down a rope, bare copper wire can be used to detect small changes in resistance. So an engineer hooked up a radio to the wire to be able to see the fluctuations which were made by Floyd's chest moving up and down. So with a radio... Motherfuck! They could tell that Floyd was still alive! (laughs) Oh my god! Okay, so you can put like a fucking O2 stat machine on a dude in a hole, but you can't get him out of the cave? Wow. But to yep. be fair, the when they're building, like when they're like hitting the ground, could it just be his chest vibrating from the vibrations of them working near him? Is he floating, perhaps? Um, I'm not quite sure how engineers were able to do that with a 1925 radio and some bare copper wire. To be to be honest, I'm not sure exactly the the tuning they would have to do to figure out what they were seeing was the movement of Floyd's chest, but it was enough that they were convinced and it gave them enough hope to keep digging. Yeah, look, seems plausible. I just think there are more reasons that his chest could be moving than just his breath or heartbeat. Oh, and you're, you're okay, definitely so right. <laughs> we're 25, oh shit, we're 25 feet in. Yep. Four inches an hour, and we need to go 60 feet. What's the math on that, Bo? <laughs> Fuck you, I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> Do you know how many inches are in a foot? Uh, It's going to be wrong anyway, so we can continue. Yeah, you keep going, but I'll, I'm going to... The math will probably be right. It's probably how, you know, four inches the information per hour. probably be wrong. So we need 60 feet, take away 25 feet. So we need to get 35 feet and it's four inches an hour. So mm-hmm. how much feet, how many inches are in a feet or in a foot? There we go. That's, That's see, I knew yeah. this is where we'd get stuck. Yeah. Uh, I need to translate. I need to translate this into. It's 12. 35 times three. 30 times, 35 times three. 105 hours. You tried, Bo. So. They had confidence they were still digging. February 11th, 288 hours for Floyd to be trapped. And they were 44 feet. Hold on, deep. hold on. Sorry, we didn't finish the math. That's 105 hours left to go. Yep, to get to him. That's Correct. four more days. From February 8th, yes. 
as or long as like nothing four else, and a half more days. As long as nothing else goes wrong and it doesn't slow down their progress even further. Right. Four and a half more days. Okay. So now we Good. go to February 11th, three days from the 8th. That's three days later. Okay, so how many feet deeper are we about? 44. <laughs> yeah, four, <laughs> Wait, the math doesn't check out on that. So okay. at one point it began raining, soaking the shaft they were digging, and then it froze. And if you know anything about freeze-thaw, you get water in those cracks and then it freezes and expands. And that can make things really sketchy for those that are down in that hole because everything on that shaft is now looser to be able to fall back in on them. I thought they were in a cave. No, because they're digging downwards now. Yeah. Why would it matter that it rained? They're not in the cave anymore. They started outside oh, the cave. Oh, right. They, yeah, they're kind them. of like in the entrance. So they're not yeah. far enough in to not be affected by weather. I got gotcha. you. Okay. That sucks. They should have put up a fucking tent or something. Yeah. Or just right. told everyone to help and or leave, but whatever. So now we'll go another three days. February 14th, 360 hours Floyd has been stuck. Valentine's Day. But the excitement was dying down and their interest was dying. The light bulb had burned out and it was impossible to know if Floyd was still alive. February 16th, 411 hours that Floyd has been trapped. Four days without heat since the light bulb burned out. Twelve days without food or water. Except maybe the water he got from it dripping on his face. Oh, gross. Finally, they reach the 60-foot mark. And one man goes down and he looks around with a flashlight and he sees Floyd. And his mouth is hung open. And he's dead. No shit. Shocker. A coroner would have to go down into the cave and examine Floyd and see that he had died of exposure and they missed him by three days. And he didn't, and he died not long after the light bulb burned out. So the light bulb was literally keeping him alive. How are we going to get him out of here? They still didn't manage to remove Floyd, even though now he's dead. They didn't send him a backup light bulb. <laughs> Like, he could have just twisted out the dead one and put in a... No, they didn't think to... All right. And now they're they're deeming this operation too risky to, to get out a dead man. Yeah. Wow. And uh, so so they they left Floyd in the cave. They just put a... They put a glass top on it so people now can, like, look down. Look, look down where Floyd's dead. Turn on his light bulb. So they were, like... <laughs> they were having signs that were, like, come see Floyd's cave, you know, the body of Floyd. But... Oh, God. This isn't quite where our story ends yet. Because society had a much more morbid curiosity back then, as we know. But the family was understandably upset that Floyd was left in the cave. They already poor, didn't have a whole lot of options. B. Doyle, who owned the property that Floyd found Sand Cave on, saw this as an opportunity and posted signs along the road saying, Floyd Collins' body trapped in Sand Cave, advertising it to tourists for them to take a look down the hole, even though they weren't really going to see a whole lot. I figure that would be the thing. No, but you just get the light bulb changed somehow. And you just, when you want to look. <laughs> right. And, you know, the state had gotten involved before and decided they were going to pay a bunch of people. Well, I guess since Floyd didn't come out alive, the state thought that they just didn't have to pay anybody. So the state refused to pay the workers that they had brought in. Oh. Some of them decided that in order to make money, 
they would go on the vaudeville circuit, recalling their first-person accounts of the rescue to make money that way. Wasn't a rescue, though. Well, (laughs) true. Attempted rescue, I guess. Miller was offered $50,000, and in 1925 money, that is a ton. I didn't do the conversion. Oh, wait, I did. Approximately $1 in today's money. Look at me. Who got the Millie? Sorry. Millie for Miller. Miller was offered $50,000 to work in Chicago, but he declined and continued to work at the Louisville Courier Journal, and his coverage of Floyd Collins' story earned him a Pulitzer Prize. Everybody wins in this story except for fucking Floyd. Except for Willie. Well, and and his family. You know, his family is not thrilled that even Floyd's body is still in in the cave. And Homer wanted his his brother's body exhumed from this cave and he also saw the opportunity to make the money for that to be to happen on the vaudeville circuit so he goes and recalls his tale and at the end he would plead audience members to donate money so that he can have floyd removed from sand cave once and for all homer did raise the money and in april 17th 1925 seven miners took a week to dig down to floyd this time coming in at Floyd's feet instead of his head. So they managed to move the rock that trapped him and take Floyd out of the cave. They got miners. Hmm. Yeah, look at yeah. there. <laughs> they got miners to mine something else. Mm. Something else. Oh. Yeah. Makes Interesting. Hmm. The family buried him using a stalactite as a headstone with his name engraved. That's a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that killed him will hold him forever. Yeah, that's that's in poor taste. Yeah, that's terrible yeah. taste. <laughs> Bury him in sausages. Tasty taste. How old was <laughs> how old was Floyd? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Yeah, how old was six. Floyd? No, that's when six. He, that's when he started penetrating caves. He's been penetrating <laughs> caves forever. It was nineteen twenty-five. And let me see what, what year did I say? Floyd was born. 1887. 50? 80, 88 to 25 is 38, correct? 87. Oh, 87. 1925, and he was born in 87, <laughs> and he went 50? Sorry, I had my headphones off. Fuckeroo. Oh, that sucks. Richard, he was your age. Don't be a Richard. <laughs> Don't be a willy. Two years later, the family was struggling, and Lee Collins, Floyd's dad, decides to sell the farm to a dentist, Dr. Harry B. Thomas. Homer didn't want his father to do this, as the government had already started buying land for the state park. Lee didn't seem to care much about that or anybody else. He was also known to be an alcoholic, so he sold the land no problem however lee agreed to a very specific clause that stated everything on the land was now thomas's thomas was in deals with doyle who owned the land that floyd found this cave on thomas and doyle dug up floyd's body re-embalmed it put it in a glass topped coffin and put it back in sand cave as a tourist attraction does it have a little oh. light switch? Did they change the light bulb, put it back, and put a little light switch on it? This is insane. What is wrong with these people? Yeah, you got to make up. The only the only money you can make in this spot is tourists for caves. <laughs> so you have to do something. Like I still no, like that was a big thing. People loved looking at dead bodies. 
They did. Unless we forget Elmer McCurdy. Ooh, I don't never. That was a whole thing. So the Collins family was furious, and they tried everything to get Floyd back. They took it to court, but surprisingly, a judge ruled in Thomas's favor because of that one clause that Lee had agreed to. So there was Floyd for another two years in the cave. March 1929, someone decided to go retrieve Floyd. They broke the glass on the casket, removed Floyd's body from the cave, and then removed his right leg, which is the leg that had been trapped under the rock. They put the rest of Floyd's body in a bag, and they threw his body into the Green River, escaping with his leg. It was that rock! The rock from the cave came back, and they were like, I'm gonna get this fucking leg. What is wrong with these people? Yeah. Like, right when you think it ends, it's like one more thing. One more thing happens. It's is the so leg, wild. Was the leg, like, left in a storage container? Storage container? The leg's never been recovered. No one knows who it was that did that, and the leg was never it was the rock richard you need to go and sort that out you need to go and find out if that leg private dicks where's the leg where's the leg where's the leg and please please source it back to the to the storage container that was then smoked (laughs) (laughs) please Uh, yeah sure i i'll tell you right now i can tell you the solve right now i've not i haven't even looked at this at all i'll tell you exactly what happened uh where dingo took that leg and <laughs> it's somewhere in a cave, in a different cave, being used yeah. as a chew toy for a wear dingo. Yeah, in a different, in a different country. Yeah, that's so weird that someone came and took just his leg, and then just they threw the rest of his sure. body in the river. Yeah. Well, they tried. The next day, Thomas contacts police when he notices Floyd's body is gone. The police bring in bloodhounds, and they're given Floyd's scent, and they track him down to the bank where the assailants had attempted to throw him, throw him in the river, but the bag got caught up on a bush. Oh, uh, huge bush. Save the day. Yeah, maybe it was a rival cave owner who stole his body and kept his leg, and it did like what Elon Musk did when he bought Twitter, and they just brought the leg into that guy's office and went like, threw it on his desk and went like, we kicked your ass. <laughs> wow, I love that. I want that to be the truth. But also, did they, they found the body, so did they get the guys who did it no the body snatchers or the leg were never recovered they never found out who took the body and then they recovered most of floyd so what did they do with the rest of him oh what would they do with the rest of the body with floyd? yeah they put him in a metal lid casket they changed it chained it up they locked it and they put it back in the cave for everyone to go see again now we can hit it with dynamite Floyd's decaying corpse would also decay the metal casket, and in total, Floyd's casket would have to be changed out four times. Yeah, this is where sodomy is illegal. Just saying. (laughs) The whole time the Collins family is fighting to get Floyd back. Well, they're not going to get all of them back. (laughs) Well, yeah, except for the leg. In 1961, the federal government would purchase Sand Cave from Mammoth Cave National Park, sealing the cave from tourists and the entrance gated and locked. The Collins family never gave up hope that one day they could have Floyd's body removed from the cave. And in 1989, the National Park Service entered Sand Cave, and after several days, a team of people exhumed Floyd Collins from Sand Cave, where they buried him at Mammoth Cave Baptist Church Cemetery. 
Is he still there? Yes. Are we sure? They have they have not <laughs> messed with Floyd since 1989, but it took until 1989 to get Floyd out of the cave. These Baptist fucking weirdos probably <laughs> dug him up for some goddamn ritual at this point. Oh, oh my god. Christian Fox. <laughs> right. And now that is where Floyd's story ends. So not only did he die in the cave, but then they exploited his body afterwards. So, like, how long, so, he, did you say he died in 1925? Yes. And then he was only actually properly laid to rest in 1989? Yes. So, in maths, like, 14 years, right? Joking! <laughs> I was joking. <laughs> he was paraded around and thrown around, his body used and abused for longer than he was actually alive. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but this story began with him... I don't know, fingering a cave hole without its consent or whatever. So it all comes back around. No, Floyd <laughs> didn't do that. That was a different dude. That was George oh, was? Morrison who, yeah, who illegally found. I feel bad now. Back entrance into, yeah, that was, that was a different dude. Right. Floyd was the one that found the G spot and failed. At... Well, actually, I guess he achieved what he wanted. He wanted to be a big tourist spot and he was. Yeah, yeah. he definitely, de- he, that's what I said. He got everything he wanted out of that. Except for his life. Except both his legs. He said in the letter that he wanted to keep both his legs. So that's true. That, yeah. I mean, you can't win them all, yeah. I guess. Fuck. Two out of three ain't bad. Can't always get what you want, man. Yeah. Think, can't always get everything. Right. That's the key takeaway from this message. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How was the light bulb what kept him alive? It was warm. The the heat from the light bulb. Mm-hmm. It kind of produced much. Oh, enough. When you're in a little space like that, you it, it like a candle. Like if you if, when you're here, I know you guys don't have this problem, but where I am in my emergency kit, there is a candle for if I get in a car accident in the winter, you light the candle to warm up your car. Just one little candle, like little tea lights. You don't need much. Wow. Yeah. Wow, I didn't I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In nineteen twenty five light bulbs were hotter than today's light bulbs. You make cakes with Easy Bake Oven light bulbs, man. Make a def- mm-hmm. That's not much bigger than an Easy Bake Oven. Yeah. Yeah, small space for sure. You could warm it up with the light bulb, no problem. Definitely. And especially those old school light bulbs. That's a, that's I've now learned things. That was incredible. That was infuriating and hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I, I just got madder as the time. Like the, the adding the time thing got me more and more mad because there's people there. They could have just helped. That's what that's what drives me crazy about this. Is like get a pickaxe. You guys could all like you don't even have to be miners if you can get so far. Like just keep going straight where it got tight. You could have made it bigger for everyone. You could have got in there. Like I don't see why people weren't doing that. If 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 you had a couple of hundred men and they were all digging sort of to the same point, how long do you think it would take? Not that long. Well, it depends. Not how... eight days. It's a hundred meters in, right? You said or hundred feet. Hundred feet, she said. Yeah, a hundred feet just to get to the, the turnaround room, and then I'm not sure how many more feet after the turnaround room that he was. Couldn't have been that far after, right? So, no. like, you make it easy going until the turnaround room, and then most people just buckets out from there. But then another like. Six or seven guys taking turns hitting a fucking pickaxe. You could be in and out of there in a, probably a two days, two, three days in shifts. Yeah. You know, I don't know why 
Like I know you can't blast. Blasting makes mining a lot easier. But I mean, still, it's gypsum. Like that's not hard. That's that's soft on a Mo scale. It's probably got three or four. Like it's not. The well, the rock is limestone, so the rock is a lot harder, oh, and okay. it's just doing these gypsum formations in the cave. I got you, got but you can still drill little holes, and like yeah. you can you can make it easy to get through. I I that's what infuriates me the whole thing: help or leave, and nobody helped. Yeah. Well, it seems the people that wanted to help helped, but I mean, but the majority of people just had a big festival on the outside, and they had a literal like juggler. No, imagine people imagine this fucking guy dying down there just smelling all the foods he could be eating like hearing everyone I laughing can't. and like uh, accordions going and fiddles and everyone just like diddly, 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 like whatever fucking <laughs> music they had in 1919 or whatever 1925 oh god poor guy yeah that is really ghoulish people were selling out their homes you said for people yeah. to stay in so people were like coming out from other states to come here like that is so ghoulish this man's probably gonna die we all know this yeah yeah but i can make money that's fucked up and and if only they had taken more serious action i mean three days they he survived all that time for them to miss him by three days yeah and the dig downwards is stupid like obviously you can't get the dirt out quick enough to do that so you should have went like on an angle and made like a track or something like they just were every solution they had sounded dumb like everything there was never a point where i was like oh okay that'll kind of work you know what i actually i'm lying the the sling like the pulling them out with the the harness that seemed like a decent enough idea because if you could just get them loose from the leg because that was what was stuck mostly right you could have probably pulled them out but i don't know i i these guys oh i'll let him try after his chest was done like you tried one idea when he's Chest was covered. Why don't you try it now that he's got less of it around him? Instead exactly. of stopping him from doing it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Or like they had pulleys back then and they had like you could have made something in the little drop down part that mm-hmm. pulled from in there. You could have had a couple guys mm-hmm. briefing or just one guy from in there with pulleys. The harness should have been exactly it should have been on him the entire time with some tight. And then if while you're moving shit, he loosens all by himself, perfect. He'll just come out. But no, they just gave it up. What the hell? Yeah, they they were yeah. making ground support and everything. Like they could, they're talking about cutting down timbers and shit. Like, just start with the ground support, make it safe, and then keep moving further and further ahead. You could have done. They could have done it. I I know, I don't know enough about it to say for sure, but I do think that the description of what's going on there that could have been not easy, but like solvable. Yeah, solvable. That's that's the word. It's definitely. definitely solvable. Like it took them. What, like three or four days before the even the experts came in and went, hey, this might fall in on people. Like, that should have been first thing that happened. I think at that point, there, it was like almost a weekend. It was like five or six days. Yeah, that's nuts to me. There's mines around. A mining team should have been there immediately. Yeah, there's there's guys that could have helped, for sure. But I know, and a lot of things have changed in 100 years, like since where I'm at now versus where they were then. But I mean, it was more dangerous than then so they probably had to deal with this shit more often so they probably had better plans like a miner they would have had way better plans than anybody that came in there for sure because it happens often i would imagine i guess that comments more it comments far more to what the focus was right like the fact that there was hundreds of people there people were making money and then they were going to a festival like they created it into a festival it was getting national coverage like that legitimately was more important than stirring that 
pot than actually getting him out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They no, just I... turned him into a tourist attraction after that, you know? Well, I mean, he already is, so let's just keep it going, I guess. <laughs> People were gathering, like, within the first day, right, of them finding Yeah. Him? Yeah. Like, of finding out that he was stuck in there. People were like, oh, let's go see what's up. Let's build a campfire. Let's hang out here. Wait for Floyd. That's not even money-based at that point. That's just pure fucking, like, I just want to watch someone die. Like, I want to see the lights get extinguished from his eyes. Because, like, you're not making money yet. Or it's so that they could tell the story. Like, so they had the story. They're like, oh, I was down there and fucking saw it. I I can't wait to tell this story because if I hear my dad tell that story one more time, you know, (laughs) the same fucking shit over and over. Like, I get that too. Boring times, so different new shit to happen. But, like... And I found this story because my boyfriend showed me the internet historian did a video on it. And if you want more about Floyd and to watch a really hilarious video on it, definitely watch the internet historian. It's it's hilarious. Perfect. Well, I'm thoroughly upset. Bush of the week goes to, uh, in my opinion, you guys can agree with me if you want, but Bush of the week goes to the moss on the cave. Uh, <laughs> perfectly landing strip shaped moss on the caves <laughs> bush of the week goes to for me bush of the week goes to the bush that stopped the body going into the <laughs> the literal bush that floyd's body got tangled in at the end yeah the body catching bush yeah i think i agree that's bush of the week there you go oh i'm gonna have a weird cave fetish after today <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Unethical Podcast. If you're not in the Facebook group, stop being such a silly goose and come find us at Unethical, the official Unethical Podcast group. If you find you just can't handle the anticipation until the next episode, then it's a great time to join our Patreon, where we have a ton of extra unethical content, and of course, our brother podcast, Private Dicks. And in case you didn't hear the good news, Private Dicks is now Public Dicks. Every two weeks, an episode of Season 1 will drop wherever you eat your podcasts, and our lucky Patreon patrons are literally living in the future, listening to new episodes from Season 2. On the fence about it? Have a listen to the trailer and see what you think. If you've got a case, big or small, give the private dicks a call. And yes, the phone number is real. Enjoy! Have you got a mystery that needs solving? Where is Amelia Earhart? We know. Who the hell was D.B. Cooper? Bah, easy. Bermuda Triangle? Probably solve that one next. Here at Private Dicks, we guarantee a mystery solved every episode. That's with a capital G. Every second Friday, the Private Dicks take a client, record their session, and solve the world's greatest mysteries. One by one. Private Dicks solve them, no problem. God, I love just crushing mysteries. Search up Private Dicks on your favorite podcatcher and you can solve a mystery too. The mystery of what's your favorite podcast? It's Private Dicks. Another one solved. If you have a mystery to be solved, call 1-855-PRVTDIX. That's 1-855-PRIVATE-DICKS. Call 1-855-PRIVATE-DICKS and leave us the rundown of the case. Maybe the dicks will solve it. It's 855-PRIVATE-DICKS. I'm straight when it comes to humans, but 
fucking gay from old people. 